Welcome back to What's Your Favorite Scary Movie. Today we are talking about Saw 7 or Saw the Final Chapter or Saw 3D, whatever your preference is. We say Saw 7. We're on the winning team, so we say Saw 7. Personally, I say the last Saw movie that I get to objectify Hoffman in. Call it what you like. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm Verona. And yeah, let, uh, let's dive in. I have a lot of notes, so not as bad as Nope, but it's like a good few paragraphs of my thoughts. That looks like the B-movie script condensed. You know what I'm talking about? That meme? Mm-hmm. That's what that looked like when you turned your phone around and showed me. So one of the, the big things about this movie that really set it apart and like changed the tone very quickly is how broad daylight that first big trap moment is. Um, so in Saw 5, they have like the mausoleum trap, which was already quite different because it was so brightly lit and like open air a lot more space um but in this one we have the love triangle trap and i can't remember what the official name for it is do you have the list of the traps what is it called public execution trap that's not as cool as love triangle trap i kind of like that more i know i that's what i always used to see it get called on like tumblr and stuff so i was like oh yeah love triangle trap um so i gotta say right out the gate i'm a staunch hater of this me too i this is probably one of my least favorite traps of the whole franchise um because it feels so uncharacteristically and like off-puttingly misogynistic i just it drives me crazy um no i just think the same i think it's also like is this the first like public saw trap that we see yeah i kind of don't like it (laughs) i don't like that this is like the first it also doesn't feel like a saw trap, and I know because technically it's it's not John Kramer. I don't know. It kind of feels like one of those like copycat traps that like that's kind of shitty, and you're like, okay, and then you just this keep going. Feels like a Hoffman trap. Yeah, derogatory. Derogatory. Yeah, not in a not in a he's a genius way. <laughs> so visually, yes, very unique. It's very nice to look at. Um, I like that I like it's just idea. like so. Yes, the push and the pull, like, all of that's fine. Um, it's not even really, like, heavily color graded in any specific way. Like, it just looks like a really bright, regular movie. <laughs> it just looks like a nice daytime shot. It doesn't feel like Saw. It doesn't feel like Saw, but that's not the part that bothers me so much. Because, like, I, you, as we say, as we mentioned Spiral in every single episode of this series... <laughs> Um, that one doesn't really feel like much of a saw. It doesn't feel like saw either, but I like when they're, they can do something That's unique. Different. So the, the issue I take with this one is not that it was too unique. Um, and that's what made it not like a good saw trap. It's that it, like I said, just uncharacteristically and uncomfortably misogynistic. Um, but that feels like Hoffman, honestly, cause he is very misogynistic and we'll speak on the part later. <laughs> yeah, he, he's always, he just, he's more power and revenge motivated than like, you know, doing anything worth doing. In 3D, in the theaters, this first trap was super fun because um, as you can tell, even when you're just like watching it not in 3D, you can always tell when things were 3D in a movie and the guts, her guts fly out at the audience in the theater, which was so terrifying. And what a great, like, you know, 3D movies, ups and downs, love them or hate them. Some horror movies really were like, yeah, we need to use this properly. So a female victim isn't misogyny. There are plenty of them in the franchise. There are plenty of them with male 
like killers in the franchise or like they're up against men in the traps um and a lot of those male killers this is like the funniest part a lot of those male killers just don't give off the same bad energy like the same bad vibes that this trap gives off um it's just giving like bimbo slut gets killed by incels because like she hurt their feelings and like that's definitely worth you know murdering her over um they really could have also just chosen to um let the saw go through her instead of like just to begin with instead of fighting each other like it could have been like a trolley problem situation where the trap like the saw was gonna hit her if they didn't do anything so they're like why don't we just not do anything because once we make the decision to let it hit her now we've done it but if we do nothing then we're like bystanders which that's the ethical question is that that's the trolley problem but it would have been like less gross than them being like, yeah, let's team up and kill her. Like, it was just gross. I just hated every second of it. It was just too, like, I don't know. I just, the vibes of it were bad. They could have just done it in so many different ways. They could have done, like, an infidelity trap in a better way. They have done infidelity traps in better ways. It just was, I don't know. All the vibes of it were wrong. In universe, it makes sense for Hoffman to, like, do something like this. So I'm like, okay, yeah, icky little evil misogynistic man kills dumb little slut. Sounds like something he would, like, think up in the middle of the night. No, literally. Of course he would make this trap. Like, yeah, like, John Kramer wouldn't think of this. Amanda Young wouldn't think of this. Lawrence Gordon wouldn't think of this. Mark Hoffman would. The one other connection to that that is, like, in the long-running lore of that trap, and it's not even- this is, like, a fan speculation. A lot of people have tried to speculate who all the pig masks are over the years. Um, because some of them, like, aren't apprentices, some of them are disciples, pawns, etc., as we've been talking about. Um, somebody once, like, when this movie came out, mentioned that those two guys that survived the love triangle trap could have been pig masks. And I was like, I get it, because at, then at one point you see the two of them, right, together, like, going, like, in the pig masks. I mean, you see two people in pig masks doing something at the same time. And I get it. But also, like, I don't know, they don't seem like that. They don't seem like the type. That would just be lame. Sorry. It would be very <laughs> lame. Like, because they don't offer anything. They weren't, like, anything special in their trap. It wasn't like you were like, oh, I want to know more about them. You were just kind of like, okay, moving on. Like, this honestly just felt like they needed an opening and they just put something in there. And you're like, all right, never thinking about that trap again. Thank you. <laughs> and then just keep going. Because, like... I don't think they, I don't think these two men will ever speak again to each other, um, let alone join the ranks of Jigsaw. Like, it just doesn't make sense. The only thing that we see as we get into, like, I guess the A plot of this, the only thing that we see where we realize the lasting impression that this trap, this opening trap might have had on the two survivors of it is that, I don't remember if they both are, but I know for sure one of the boys is in the survivors group, in the therapy group. Um, didn't even pick up on showing that. everyone sitting there. Yeah, he is He is going to like the group therapy for it, but I don't know if it's, that's kind of just as affected as I think he would have been. So jumping into the A plot, um, I really like the, how it starts the, the Hoffman story off again, where we left off. Um, and he, it's, it's not a chase because he doesn't really go after her, but they're going in the same direction and she's running for her life and he's kind of going in sort of the same direction as her is um, Hoffman and Jill. It feels extremely reminiscent to me of Eric and Amanda 
Oh. Uh, which just like always gets me so tense and uncomfy. Um, and I also wonder how far in advance he must have thought to have a contingency plan to run off and go into hiding or, um, or did he really just like come up with that whole escape plan with like the money and like the getting out and going on the run? Did he just do that like on the fly? Because we've already seen that he's like a genius in a really scary way. So he could have, but it would also be neat to know how, how far ahead he thought that he would, things could go wrong. Like how far back he thought that Jill might have the power to like actually put a stop to what he's doing. Probably always had a plan in place just in case at all times. Um, Cause there's times where we do see him think on his feet, like in six when he kills the three people in the room as they're about to discover him. So we know that he can think very quickly on his feet. Um, but I honestly think he has always had a escape plan. And I feel like especially since Strom started like kind of letting him know that he was onto him, that's probably when he was like, okay, I really need to like make sure that like this has no flaws so that I can like get out easily. That's just what I think. And that would be also interesting to know that the the way that he was so pushy and intimidating with Jill and so demanding and being like, here's how we're going to do things. I'm in charge now. I'm going to do it this way, this way. I don't care what you think about it. To think that maybe that could be not just him not having any respect for her as a person and being like, you idiot, like I'm in charge, but also him being possibly intimidated by the idea of her like the jailhouse thing where they're like, yeah, the if you really like want to make sure that nobody messes with you, you got to go like find the biggest person like, the scariest dude, and just, like, beat the shit out of them first, and then, like, now you've made your spot. He doesn't even need to bother you. You just gotta go do it first so that nobody messes with you, and it's, like, kind of his thing possibly with Jill is not that he just thought he was better than her, but that he was sure that if he didn't keep pushing her down that she would have this power, basically. Which we kind of see that she did for a minute when she put him in the reverse bear trap 2.0 so that probably pushed him even further into this idea where he was like if i don't do something to her she's gonna do something to me and i think that was his idea all along jill probably was not going to touch him outside of what john wanted her to do but he had it in his mind that like she's after me like i have to fucking get her before she gets me it's me or her like that's probably I feel like that's his mindset going into everything is like, it's either me or them and he's going to pick himself every time. I also love the detective that helps Jill throughout this movie when she's on, like when she's trying to be in hiding from Hoffman, this detective, the detective is so funny. I wish that he'd either started sooner in the series or he managed to stay a little longer because he is just so, everything he says is funny. I loved when he was calling her. I, I love when he looked at her in the interrogation room and he turned to his partner and he said that she looked crazier than a sack full of cats. Like just a great, great line. With like Thank his you. little slight accent. Oh my God. So freaking funny. And he just constantly calling her crazy to her face and like in like a really flippant way. He's like, okay, crazy. Here's how it's going to go. Crazy. In like the same sentence. He was just every line he delivered was so funny. Like, it's, it's funny because he's like, you're fucking crazy, but like, I believe you, but you're still fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like... So I love this Bobby Dagan concept. Like, we were talking last episode about how I thought that the three best, like, social... Social justice is like a weird way to describe it, but the three 
best overall concepts in my opinion were the insurance company, the, this is like trauma fraud basically. And then of course, police corruption in Spiral. I thought those were like the three greatest concepts, but I also didn't think that this one was executed extremely well. Absolutely. This one had such a good concept. It was one of my favorites. I think this actually might've been the first Saw movie that I saw part of not the whole thing. Cause I remember I was like, oh, I love the concept of like someone faking a saw trap and then being put in that saw trap. But I do, I do agree. I feel like it could have been done a lot better, but I still love, I love the idea for what it is so much. I think that the support group itself is just such a sick idea. Um, phenomenal world building for starters. I'm always so interested in like what the hell is going on around for the other people that are experiencing a world where this specific killer lives. It's again why I'm like so excited for more Book of Saw movies because I love that anthology style of like other shit that's going on as a result of this having happened. I love that Lawrence is there because not only was it like just so much fun to see him again, first of all like top 10 anime betrayals of all time. <laughs> it was so crazy when he stood up I remember like just being absolutely shocked and then every time I would show the movie to someone after like watching the franchise with them I'm like looking at them like waiting to see their face when he comes up and steps out of the shadows it's fun that we got to see him again but also the implication that he's been there like they've been there longer than Bobby Dagan has he was if that if I'm remembering that correctly they had a support group he came in he was kind of like using them the implication that Lawrence has a convenient way to keep tabs on survivors not just like on Bobby not just on like a liar but the fact that he's able to see if the progress is being carried on if they're if they're still doing well if they need a reminder if they're having like a little Amanda Young moment what the situation is I really wonder what Lawrence thinks of Simone Tanidra's character because in this one we do see her kind of explode and be like what the fuck do you mean it changed her life for the better like your husband had to die for you to leave him the best thing that happened to me was like I get handicapped parking at the mall so I really wonder had he not been like faking if he would have gone back for Simone yeah and like set his sights on her instead yeah because she's the only one I think out of the entire group that kind of is talking about like the downsides of it more than like getting anything out of it so I feel like had there not been bigger problems he might have gone back for her but I love her so much and I love seeing Tanidra she's just so good yeah, and also, even though he was not speaking from real experience, the fact that Bobby, when he was talking to Simone, he was saying like, hey, you know, it's this is this is like an important step being angry. So it's okay if you're not there yet and you're not at a point where you want to talk about it in a pleasant way. He's like, but that will come like over time. Like you'll get there. And she like settles down. Like she takes in what he's saying. You like see it on her face. She's such a good actress. She really like internalizes that and calms down. Some of the other people in the group when he says like, oh, you know, just because you're not there yet, they like agree. So it seems like she's like doing the work. She's just pissed. I mean, she's at, she's at therapy for it. Yeah. So, like, she's doing, she's doing the work. <laughs> um, it's nice to see Tanisha Howard again coming back as Simone just because she was so phenomenal in Saw 6, which as we said last week was already very cool because she got that role for winning season one of Scream Queens. And then speaking of that world building, I like that Jill has nightmares about saw traps that she's kind of like come up with. Ones she's seen, ones that like she's 
been thinking up that she's never actually like seen executed or anything like that just um these traps that she's like in in her nightmares i wonder if she's just seeing them in the warehouse and then completely coming up with like how they work in her head because what if it worked an entirely different way in what he was meant to do but because she just saw what it looked like her mind like pieced together like what it would do and what it would do specifically to her. Because you know how sometimes your brain like fills in the gaps for you when you like don't know. And then it makes it like a billion times worse than like- I also just love the insane little spiral train trap that she's locked in. I know it's a dream, but it's- what a banger trap. There was 3D titties in this trap. <laughs> there, was there was a whole boob flying out the screen in the movie theater for this trap. Amazing. I love the woman who killed her husband. Her abusive husband by kicking him into the lawnmower blades um i hope she's doing well too i also want to know how she got out of that did they I, stop you know what i've thought about it a lot i'm trying to figure out i'm like either the blades stop or they stop and like the the bar that she's hanging on to goes back that's I'm what thinking, i think like, Maybe it came out and goes back or something. So if I'm holding on for dear life, I'm not holding her here. I'm wrapping my arms around the bar. I'm holding myself. Yeah. I'm sloshing. Especially if I'm getting into a chicken fight with somebody. I'm like legs wrapped around it too. I'm like a fucking sloth on that thing. The sturdier the better. Yeah. I don't have good upper body strength. So like I would fall immediately. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they put some kind of thing into the, into the game where Somebody had to go in the blades for it to stop, though. Absolutely same. And I would have kicked. If you just start climbing up there, and then he also climbs up there, and you guys are just sitting, it's really just like, who falls first? Yeah. <laughs> the blades are never going to stop. Oh, and you know that thing that I had said about the two boys being possibly the two pig masks at the end? That was somebody's theory. A slightly better theory that is similar to that is that everybody in the survivors group is a pawn or a disciple. I would really love that. I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if it's Simone. And then I was like, she doesn't have an arm. And both the pig masks that we saw had arms. In my brain, she's one of them somewhere else. I would really love that, though, if, like, everyone in the support group was, like, had some hand in it. I want a movie that's just set in the in the support group, and then we find out they're all like in on it somehow. So Hoffman properly exposing himself once he knows now that it's done and over for him. He sends that tape, like he puts his whole face into it. He blatantly threatens murder, completely out in the open. His only focus and his only drive and purpose is now to kill Jill. Um, he's not concerned about getting his old life back or anything like that. He just needs to make sure that he kills her. And additionally, she now can't use that as like bait to try and get cops to like help her because he's just like she's like well i have like a secret about someone who was helping jigsaw and hoffman's like it was me don't let her get anything for that <laughs> hoffman is on his kill jill mission and then there's that little flashback of gibson and hoffman where gibson remembers him and um i thought it was really interesting uh, the little bit of hoffman committing that police brutality because you could really easily write that off as just him not respecting the people that he thinks is like below him him just being a violent person he's like i can just kill this criminal because i can and i can get away with it but i think like even more importantly than that and something that like really really speaks to like, hoffman as a character is that his real motivation behind that killing seemed specifically to be having something that gibson now owes him because that's a way bigger piece of power than just like being the biggest toughest scariest guy in the room is having everyone like owe you something 
Hoffman's a smart dude. I like the guy. He's a good character. He is. He's like genuinely like an evil genius. Gotta hand it to him. Beautiful shot of Jill dying in the reverse bear trap. The original reverse bear trap. Him deciding to go back and take that one. This was supposed to be at the time the last Saw movie. So you can really see that in how well like everything in this ties together, especially in terms of like, you know, the Hoffman and Jill story. Um, the choices that they made in like tiny little things. Like again, Hoffman reaching out to get a trap and grabbing, looking and hesitating and taking the original reverse bear trap instead and being like, no, we're gonna, gonna go all the way back to the beginning, baby. The aftermath of the reverse bear trap is something that we've been teased with twice now in the franchise before this moment. And everyone was like always waiting to see what it would look like after the reverse bear trap opened. You gotta know, you know it's gonna be so gross. And it was, it was disgusting. It was glorious. It was great payoff. My thing I always notice, my little like movie oopsie I always notice is that she already was in the aftermath before the trap opens and you see it for like a second. It's just like such a quick shot, but right as the trap goes back to her, right before it opens, her face is already applesauce. Ew, I love that. I, I think it's just something they thought we wouldn't notice continuity wise, because it's such a short second. I think most people wouldn't, but most people also wouldn't watch this movie like 10 times. I was gonna say, I think they like sorely misunderstood their audience for thinking that they would just get away with it. And we wouldn't all be talking about it obsessively for the next like decade. I've never seen anyone talk about Saw 7 without mentioning it. <laughs> it's just Perfect. like, everybody's seen it. Everybody notices it. So then we get to the end here and the second Lawrence reveal happens, bringing him out a second time to reveal him to the audience one more time and also reveal that he is a Jigsaw apprentice. The theater, spiritual experience. People shrieking, crying, shitting their pants, like losing their minds. It brought the whole theater to its knees. I love the implication that Jill knew this all along and that Lawrence might have been who she was actually referring to when she said that she knew a Jigsaw apprentice that the cops didn't know about. Cause we just assumed she's talking about Hoffman, but. Yeah, but obviously she she knows the others. That's good. I like that. So this is my controversial take. And you said that you agreed with this. So you have to stand by me. Oh, absolutely. I will. To an audience. Amanda is my favorite because she is just like, I'm biased. Amanda's my favorite apprentice. But Lawrence is the best apprentice in terms of ability, backstory. He puts his ego aside. He has like no motive at all, except to just like do this because he thinks that it works. He really has like, it seems like no personal agenda. He acts quickly. He's organized. He's calm and collected in the face of literally everything. Philosophy. Flawless Jigsaw Apprentice, in my opinion. Absolutely, I agree. He's the only one that doesn't let his personal vendetta get in the way of what he's supposed to be doing. He's the only one that makes the traps fair. He makes them winnable as they're intended to be. He never puts in his own bias. He just gets them done and then leaves. There's no trace of him on the cop's radar, aside from the first movie, but that like wasn't his fault. Like Obviously, they're going to suspect the fucking doctor. I also do love Hoffman. I don't like him exactly, but I love him as a character. But Lawrence, 100% the best apprentice, like hands down. He got his shit done and he left. No time for personal motives, no time for personal feelings. If I'm remembering this correctly, the next one is the Nazi one, right? Horsepower trap. Yes. This is really such a gross, brutal trap. Um, 
There's just so many elements to it. Well, and I think I have to give credit where credit is due. I think that Sarah Hawkins, Possessed by Horror, is the first person who ever pointed this out. At least that like where I got this fact from. I don't know if she's the first person to have ever noticed it or said it. But um, this is the largest trap in terms of how many people are immediately involved. So not like Saw 2 or Saw 6 where it's a lot of people being included together but doing all separate traps. This is like the largest one trap with that many people doing the same trap at the same time. And then I said my other little piece of trivia is Chester Bennington was so excited to play a brutally murdered Nazi. He acted the fuck out of this part too. He really like did. Like he was really he was really good in it. Like, you know, jokes and like fun of it aside, he was incredible in this role. He's very missed. He is. His art was very helpful. He was a very passionate, cool guy. I love him so much. Okay, so we get into Bobby waking up, realizing that he is in what will be his game, which is a series of tests based on his lies about being a jigsaw survivor. I'm really curious about how Bobby turned on his trap because he's in the cage on the ground and then the TV turns on after a bit. I don't know if it was the noise from him kicking the cage if it was noise activated or if somebody was live watching it. The only person who could have been live watching it would have been Lawrence. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because Hoffman's busy. He's busy. He's doing stuff. He's booked and busy. Also, the subtle differences between the Billy voices has always just been really cool to me because even though the voice comes out the same after the, um, the, you just, there's, there's more growl in John's voice. Hoffman's Billy sounds a little bit more energetic and Lawrence's Billy is like happy little elf having the time of his life. And I said, you know, this wouldn't even make sense as a Hoffman test, even if Hoffman wasn't busy. Once again, Hoffman has a very specific agenda and he kind of only cares about his agenda and goes after that. Pretty strict parameters of what he uses his power for. Yeah. Um, The next trap up is the speak no evil trap. You had stuff to say about that trap. No, I was just going to say like basically like how fucking cool this series of traps is in this movie and how it relates to like each part of them. Like the publicist, she's responsible for speaking so she's the one that speak no evil she can't scream in this trap and then like see no evil is the that's the lawyer which i think is probably would have been cooler if the lawyer was here no evil because like you know how like lawyers as long as they don't hear it like they can still defend you or whatever i feel like that should have been here no evil but whatever that's nitpicky i feel like the the see no evil and the hear no evil could have easily been swapped out with each other but um the hear no evil makes for a better trap with like best friends because it's more of like a communicating thing versus like him and his lawyer the bond like wouldn't be there so. that's true that's absolutely true actually yeah i understand um but i just think that was such a good concept especially for a saw movie like it could have been used really at any time and they could have made it fit but i think that this one was really good because of the way that they use the different people the publicist the lawyer the friend like i did a makeup look on the speak no evil one like a really long time ago and i would really like to redo that one too because it was fun but it was like just an exercise in blood dressing because i remember watching it and being i was so fascinated with the way that her head was tilted all the way back so when she spat up blood it like rained down on her face in these like little droplets so she had these like really random little droplets of blood on her face and I just thought that was like such a unique blood dressing style and I got really into it. It really is. So my opinion on this trap because everyone's always like she needs to just shut up. I have strong thoughts. I'm always gonna support the random women in saw traps so let me 
let me go with my, my rant of support here. So this trap is not just her having something uncomfortable pulled from her stomach. It is a hook that is ripping her stomach and her throat. She can't swallow while this trap is being used. She can't swallow at any time, which will make you gag. The gagging motion can move it up and down. And yeah, I always hate when people are like, she just tell her to stop screaming. I was like, she's not screaming because she likes the sound of her own voice or because she wants to tell him that she's in pain. He's aware. She knows that he's aware. He's like crying, trying to do this for her. Everybody knows it hurts. It's an involuntary reaction. She's getting a like ulcer. Her stomach acid is leaking out of her now. <laughs> because she's now ripped her stomach open. It's being pulled up into her throat. Her throat's bleeding. She's drowning in her own blood. The whole combination of these things is happening at the same time. And then his reaction is to just keep covering her mouth. Like again, she can't fucking breathe. I hate Bobby Dagan so much. I hate this man. He's so pathetic and he's so stupid. I hate him so much. <laughs> oh, fucking true. No, I feel like the people that criticize this trap have truly never been in like intense pain because when you are in such intense pain, where like you're kind of like shut your mind off you have no control over what's coming out of you no matter how much you don't want to scream or cry or whatever it's going to come out especially in this type of trap she knows she's aware that she can't scream she knows she's not trying to scream on purpose just because she's like mm. I'm gonna test it. Fuck it. Like, no. Between these two traps, we get a flashback of um, how Bobby and John have actually met previously. So John's kind of been in on this for a long time. And there's a flashback of John at Bobby's book signing. And it is my favorite moment in cinema ever because they tried to make de-age John and make him look younger by just putting him in a backwards baseball cap. He's just an old guy in a backwards baseball cap. He looks exactly the same, he's except for he's- just a little guy. He's just a little guy. It's my favorite thing that has ever happened in a Saw movie. They should have done that in the It Chapter 2 movie instead of horrifyingly de-aging Finn Wolfhard into a scary little monster. They should have just put a backwards cap on him. And I don't know if this is the quote that you've written down, so if it is... I feel like it is. The implication of him saying, we've met... <laughs> So fucking good because this guy doesn't know that he's Jigsaw, but this guy, Bobby, has supposedly met Jigsaw and like lived through it. So I just love that little like nudge we've met. As he's saying that, um, it's because he's taking the book jacket off of the book and tossing it back at Bobby and it has um, Bobby's photo on the back cover. He's like, oh, you, you don't want this? Like you don't want the book jacket? And he's like, no, I don't need it. I've seen your face now. I'll see you around. He's like, I don't need a photo of you because now I can recognize you when I need to come and get your ass in the future because I'm coming for you. I love John Kramer and I love his silly little games. This reminds me of Saw 2 when he's like, your boy's in a safe place. He's just having a laugh. He's so silly. He's so funny. He's a goofy little guy. <laughs> he was in a silly goofy mood. I can't believe I made this its own note. We're also throughout this seeing Bobby's wife in her trap. We do go back and forth and see that Bobby's wife is in what will be like the final partner test that he's doing. Um, and she's like watching him do everything, crying over him because he's like in pain and he's suffering and whatever. And like, I know I talked a lot about the insurance agent in Saw 6 and even like emotional pain um, in terms of like what Jeff was going through when in like Saw 3, like, and just like difficult in terms of saving a life and putting yourself in a bad situation. But Bobby is such a fucking loser. This is a note I wrote down. It says, what a failure. Everything he does in this movie is pathetic, beginning to end. Entire runtime, Bobby sucks so bad. And that's the whole note. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wish you had made that your letterbox review because that's so fucking funny. <laughs> he's, That'll a, be my he's a lure, loser the entire run. <laughs> Never gets better. Oh. For the record, the actor the actor does a great job at playing like this just terrible, pathetic little guy. This is no hate to that actor. I just the character. I just hate this character so much. He doesn't even get like the title of fail wife because he's just he's not good enough for it. He's a failure. He failed at even being a fail wife in his flop era. <laughs> that note is just so funny. It was so angry. Like a whole paragraph just means so mad. I love um, it. That must have been, you know what? I think that's the note that I wrote instead of writing my thoughts on the Hear No Evil trap. Oh, oh, I that makes sense. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say on um the See No Evil. The See No Evil one is just like gross. People really don't like eye horror and I don't, it's not like something that really bothers me in horror movies. So I don't, it just kind of, it was gross and it was good. And I know it really freaked out people when they saw it, but I was just kind of like, I glazed over it. I was like, okay. The mouth impaling actually bugged me a little more, but. Yeah, cause that's it. Let's go to the Hear No Evil trap and talk about what a fucking failure he is. Before you dive right into that, I have to say, I'm like really not that impressed with a lot of these traps. The Speak No Evil one is like kind of cool cause it's so brutal, but like, I don't know. I think when I was watching it, I thought that these traps were way cooler than they were. I was just Same. so excited about everything else going on that I don't think I cared so much, but. I just like the concept a lot, but I feel like we could have had better traps. For this one. I feel like they were- For the last one. Yeah, right? right? I was about to say that. This is like specifically the last movie that they thought they were going to make. So I was like, mm, we could have done a little a little better. Still love it. The, the worst Saw movie is still a Saw movie, which makes it a good movie. Exactly. Exactly that. And this definitely is not one of the worst Saw movies for sure. Sorry, four and five. I love you. You're at the bottom for me right now. You're at the bottom of the pyramid. We're going to talk about the, the Hear No Evil trap. This is the trap that we could have done. We could have done this so easily. I believe in us. I believe in us. It makes me so angry that he tries to get this man to come to him when he could have just gone to him. Dude, you have nothing in your way. This man is, he can't fucking see. He doesn't know what the fuck is happening. You can go to him to throw the fucking key at him. I'm so angry right now. What did you think was going to be achieved, Bobby? Did you think he was going to magically, I couldn't even catch that with my eyes open. Do you think he's going to- That's what I was going to say. Like it was, a, first of all, bad throw. Bobby Dagan, you suck at everything. <laughs> You're not good at anything. Bobby Dagan, what do you do successfully? No, but like, it just makes me angry. But I do, I think this is my favorite of the three, just because I like the way that it picks him up. And like, <laughs> sure. Very funny. He needed to do like a little, like a little, like cut off startled sound, like a little, like whoop. Whistle, that, the like slide whistle sound. <laughs> Oh, and then the next one for Bobby's the he's got to pull his teeth. Hey, I think that's the next one. The teeth pulling one is like so. Te I don't want to pull my teeth out. Like, don't get me wrong, but it just seems like a kind of manageable. Yeah, I feel mutilation. like out of every other saw trap, we've seen someone cut their own fucking leg off. This is this is nothing. Do it. I'll rip them out, and then afterwards I'll go get veneers. I've have fucked up teeth anyway. Oh, there's molars though, so like it's painful because oh. they're really in there. Yeah. But my teeth are so fucked up from the last year, two years however fucking long it's been they probably would just turn to sand the second i like grabbed it with the plier it would just and like evaporate yeah this one's just kind of like okay step your pussy up like you should have made him at least like pull a finger off rip some toes maybe i don't know something more than like teeth then the last little thing he has to do to save his wife her trap is she's on a leash and it's connected to the floor don't make that face <laughs> and it's pulling her down to the floor as the game goes on. It's revealed when Bobby gets there to her finally. It's going to turn into a, I think it's called like a bronze- Brazen bowl. bowl or something. Brazen bowl, yeah. Um, it's it's gonna turn into an oven. 
and cook her alive around her if he doesn't finish. The last thing that he has to do is basically what he said that he did in his book. There is a way to win this trap. There's multiple ways to win this trap, um, but none of them are by doing what he said he did in the book. So this trap isn't unwinnable, but he's kind of like tricked into failing at it, especially because the audio is like, you could take those hooks and stick them in your pecs like you said you did. He doesn't have the, the muscle mass to do it. That's like, that's not a, that's not a feat for anyone. Um, I know who could do it. The issue is that you would have to put them behind the muscle if you were going to just use two hooks to pull up your full body weight. I don't know if you back, there was a weird thing in the early 2000s. People were obsessed with suspension piercings. Like I remember. there was like those goth couples would get like married with like, like up in the air with suspension piercings. The way to do that is, and you like lots of body types can do it. Um, You need a lot of surface area covered. I was about to say, you don't need sure like a shit ton. Even, yeah, because it's going through the surface and the skin is really elastic the skin can take a lot so like it works but it's a lot of work goes into setting it up properly if you're gonna just pierce through your your boobs like that you risk killing so much of what's going on there because you could like you can paralyze you could hit something you could paralyze something like you just do a lot of damage um so you'd have to go all the way back it's just not something that he's gonna do so the solutions would be if he has a lot of upper body strength like really really good upper body strength he could just climb the rope like a gym class that's what i always thought it takes a ton less work and effort to pull down than it does to um pull like climb up so the other thing he could do is step on the hooks like in the in the yeah. part of the hooks and then yank himself up that way um that would work <laughs> like there's a lot of different ways he could do it he could hook it in his clothes like ball up clothes and hook it in there's just there was a million ways he could have done the trap and he decided like uh, i've gone through these trials and tribulations i'm gonna do my saw trap and then he like fails horribly like rips it out of himself fails horribly his wife dies she burns to death literally right as he's about to connect it to i'm like you fucking failure you couldn't have held on and just connected it and then fallen you had to let go as you're being okay Okay, fucking flop. Hey, Bobby. Me too. I also just like, why would you think that this would go right? You're aware that Jigsaw is just testing people for like whatever fucking reason. Why do you think you would be the exception? Okay, so this did happen after this event happened. So this could have been inspired by this real life event of this woman who faked being in 9-11. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Um, I've heard a couple different stories. Yeah, I don't know it was if it's like the a exact really one. famous story. She reaped like a lot of benefits called trauma fraud or um, tragedy fraud and and it's like a thing that people do to scam people, which is like what Bobby is doing. So I'm always curious if it was in any part based like slightly in that. Um, of course, she's not the only woman to have done this, but this was just such a huge news thing that it just would have been interesting. And the last thing I have on here is that one of my Twitter mutuals said that when they first saw this movie and the oven closed around Bobby's wife, like and like closed up around her, they thought that they were gonna shoot her into space. And I cried laughing when I read that tweet. And I was like, what a great ending for the Saw franchise. Could you imagine if the next Saw movie took place in space because of that, like 10 years later or seven years later, they come back with eight and there she's still floating in space. I'm not sure when this was said. I think it might've been, it was might've been one of the tapes. I don't know, but um, Jigsaw said the fear of not knowing 
if you have what it takes to survive. I forget the full quote, but I remember just hearing that and it was to Bobby. He was also, he was quoting his book a lot too, wasn't he? Yeah. And that's what the whole, um, that's what I like a lot about the trap throughout the entire thing is every quote that's written on there is the quote that like spells survive in his fucking book. It's um, in the cage trap. It's Billy talking to him and he says, that feeling running through your body is fear. The fear of not knowing if you have what it takes to survive. So he says that to him in his very first trap when he wakes up it's literally telling him like you wrote this whole book on it but you've never actually lived it and now that you're actually in it you don't know if you truly do have what it takes to survive for what it was meant to be i think this was the perfect ending for the franchise at the time where it was i love jigsaw and i love spiral and i'm so excited for saw 10 and i know i'm really excited hoping to get more book of saw anthology movies as well but if this was where they chose to end it i think it would have been like a good ending i mean we're sitting here giggling about bobby sucking and whatever but in terms of like the gel and the hoffman and the the lawrence of it all like that nice little wrap up and him being there in the beginning i just think it was like a pretty solid ending i love this franchise i feel like honestly every every place where they meant to end like originally with three and then with seven i feel like every place feels like its own little like chapter closing and feels so good where it's like yeah if it had ended there would have loved it. Very glad it didn't. Very glad we still have movies to keep going. And every movie is amazing. But if this had been the final one, perfect. I would have still been like begging for more because I'm not gonna stop asking for more Saw movies, but. I want them to keep going. Just keep going forever. I want a new Saw movie every year. <laughs> until I die. Just until I die. Stop after that though. I'm one of those people that like really rides the dying horse <laughs> to the very end when it comes to any piece of media that I love. Same. In my defense though, like I love things till the very end. Like I, you, my big joke, like I love every season of Heroes and I always tell people that I really liked the last season. It's probably one of my favorite seasons and people are like, that show was not good after midway through season two. And I'm like, season four is my favorite. I thought the finale was incredible. I would have loved to see where the next season was going to go because it got canceled and it like wasn't supposed to. It was like a cliffhanger. I was like, I loved it. I would have watched more of it. And they're like, you would have been the only one. And that's why they canceled it. <laughs> so I'm like, if you guys want to make Saw 30 and people are like begging you to stop because you're out of ideas, I'm probably going to love every single one of them. We'll be there. Front row, babe. Not front row. That's not a good seat in a theater, but we'll be there. We'll be seats 7 and 8D. At, like right in the middle. Center to the screen behind the handicap row. We will be in the best seat in the house for every Saw movie. We just have Jigsaw and Spiral left, um, and then we gotta wait a hot minute for Saw 10. It won't feel like a hot minute for everyone listening because we recorded these. Recording the Saw 7 episode, today is February 1st. It literally is, that's... <laughs> it just hit me with the realization we're in a new month. I don't like that. Okay, so there's a public execution trap, the pain train, but that one's not real. Horsepower, lawnmower, suspended cage, the hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil, the wisdom teeth, the brazen bowl and then reverse bear trap this one for me i like more plot wise than i did trap wise you know what i mean so none of these i'm not really attached to any of these let's do a joint answer because we both know that we could do the hangman's news which is the hear no evil most likely to survive hangman's news oh there was another one that i was like oh i could so live through this one and i can't even remember the wisdom teeth wisdom teeth i guess yeah that's like a pretty is it the public execution because i kind of feel like i could have talked my way out of that a lot better. I said that I could talk my way out of the carousel when we were watching Saw 6, but that's different. There's a lot of people and he's only looking at me at once. If I had to, someone had to look at another person's face while I was telling them to kill that 
person, I don't think that I could make them do it. <laughs> I could. I can manipulate people very easily. I'm not charismatic like you are. I don't have that cult leader, like, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> the horsepower trap. Like, I get it. It's painful. Yeah. We've all glued our fingers together and pulled them apart. Just fucking do it. Yeah, I could. I think I could do it. It would suck. But like, I don't know. I've hurt myself so, so severely so many times on accident. Uh, taken off so much skin and I just feel like I could do it. I've had a lot happen to me body wise. Let's just, I fucking, we got this. It's also like, it's so survivable. If you can do it, it's really painful. So that's fine. But if you can do it, like you're still gonna, you'll be fine if you can do it. Some of the, some of the traps in the movies, like throughout the seven movies are a little iffy. It's like, even if I do it right, this might still kill me. It's like a little bit of sketchy but and all he had to do was like turn the car off or something right he was like close to it too i feel like i could have done the lawnmower trap once again sloth it my favorite might have just been the horsepower trap simply because of chester bennington and just the implications of it i really like that i i like watching nazis die least favorite i guess the brazen bull because i want her to be shot into space now yeah it kind of ruined it for myself with that tweet <laughs> yeah that would have been a really that would have been a much more horrifying brutal trap shooting someone into space with like no oxygen just being like, boop. Okay, yeah, mine that I could survive would probably be the hanging cage. That's something where I know that I would have had the right reflex right when I needed it. I would have caught myself. I would have swung it. That's like, I don't have very many reflexes. That would have been one of them. I fall out of shit all the time. I always catch myself. I'm very clumsy, but I always catch myself. I just know that I would have the, the correct reflex there. All right. I think that about wraps up our Saw 7 discussion. Let us know what you thought about this being supposed to be the final chapter if you agree that this would have made a good ending in the meantime if you want to find out where else to listen to the podcast you can go to our link tree which is wyfsm you can also find our official twitter at wyfsm podcast and we'll see you next week